gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of Lashing Out Podcast on the Ninety Sports Now Network. He's Kevin Quigley. I'm Jared Brugar. Kevin, Penn State heads to Evanston, Illinois to take on the Northwestern Wildcats for a noon kick our time, 11 a.m. kick their time. And this has all the makings of what should be a blowout, but all the makings of what could be a trap as well. Yes, and before we go, before we get started, James Franklin, 11 a.m. kick. He's probably going to be drinking some coffee. Do you drink your coffee black or with cream and sugar? I don't drink coffee. <sighs> Travesty. Um, I'm a soda guy in the morning. If you missed it this week, uh, Tuesday press conference for James Franklin, he was talking. Every reporter had to uh, give their uh, coffee preference before they were allowed to ask a question. Just a little theme that went, went on uh, in the press conference. Just a little fun. Uh, but we're here to have some fun, too. And, yes, it could be a trap game. Um Road at a conference game, noon, kick, 11 a.m. Central Time. Like you mentioned, the week before a bye, the week, two weeks before UMass, three weeks before Ohio State has all the makings of that. But this Northwestern team is not good. Yeah. Not good and that's, and that's the kind of saving grace, right? Like this team has gone through some turmoil. Pat Fitzgerald gets fired before the season due to hazing. Um, they, they get thumped by Rutgers, which is Rutgers is a better team than they have been. I think they they got beat by seventeen. They got beat by thirty, or they beat UTEP um, by thirty-one. Then they got smoked by Duke, who's a good team by twenty-four, uh, and then they just took down Minnesota in overtime over the weekend. So I mean, there's there's not much there to kind of go off of as far as Northwestern is concerned. But I think this is a game that Penn State needs to come out and take control early if they're able to come out and do what they've done against you know illinois maximize some things the turnovers northwestern hasn't played a team like penn state right and and i think that's huge um but again penn state needs to come out and take care of business and and to take care of business that is finding the end zone and finding it early and if they're capable of doing that they should get out of evanston with a with a really nice win yeah definitely the 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 game against duke is probably the game to model for Penn State, um, and uh, Duke's defense is nowhere near the caliber that Penn State's is. So um, they they will be certainly challenged on offense. And then I think we, we've heard a lot about of explosive plays both after the game against Iowa and in the midweek press conferences and all the midweek media that's been going on. I would not It would not surprise me if maybe the first drive they grinded out and the second, third, and fourth drive, if, if the first drive is successful – are, they're trying to air it out. They're trying to stretch their legs a little bit. The, you can't really script a explosive run play, but you can definitely script an explosive pass play with testing the vertical passing game. Um, and I would expect to see some of that this weekend. Yeah, and that's the thing with with this game. And, and we talked a, bit, a little bit about this on their, on their post-game um, podcast. Penn State hasn't had to air it out. They will not have to air it out, so to speak, against Northwestern. I don't think so. But it isn't bad to show that off. Now, again, you are you mentioned it. You're three weeks away from Ohio State. There's not a chance in the world that they are going to want to unleash anything that Ohio State has not seen. You're going to see only plays from the first four weeks, and that's all you're going to see, and that's all they're really going to need, in my opinion. I don't think that's going to be a problem. Um, but again, if Penn State can control their game 
play their game and they have done an incredible job of doing so over the course of their first four wins, then this should be an easy win. Now where this becomes a trap is looking ahead three weeks from now, looking ahead to the bye week looking ahead to uh, to UMass, right? But get into the bye week healthy and get into the same mentality that they've had the first three, four weeks of the season, play the starters three quarters and then be in a position to play the other guys for the, for the last quarter. Yeah, and maybe we do get the lion package. I know you said you they probably don't want to unleash anything, but you might as well make them prepare for a second quarterback package. Do um like they debuted the T formation last year before they needed to, but then they were able to run other things out of it. So debut a really basic thing, make it look really vanilla. Oh, we're only gonna run out of this. Like just as traditional Wildcat Drew Aller is gonna be out wide. He's not going to do any, like, obviously they could set up a two-pass play with Aller playing out wide, but maybe they just put Bowen and make him run downhill with it and just get that two-quarterback look out there and get them planning for the what-if. And, yeah, they haven't tested the vertical passing game. They won't need to test it, but I think I think you might see some a few more vertical plays than we've seen through the fourth weeks, and maybe they, they push Drew to, to make those throws if they're available. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, I, I'm very interested to see what Northwestern gives them. I think Illinois was ready for the challenge. Uh, will Will Northwestern be up for that challenge? I'm not quite certain, but it's going to be a decent matchup to beginning. I think the 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 thing that people need to realize is the first halves aren't always going to be pretty. They're going to be grinded out type games. You know, you look at the Penn State game on Saturday against uh, against Iowa, right? that game was 10, nothing at the half and ended up being a route. Um, and that was a dominant 10, nothing. Right. So I think you can't put too much stock in a first half performance. Um, but again, Penn state just needs to play their game and they have to be awake when they come out ready to go Saturday morning. Yeah. And if you're expecting the same dominant defensive performance that we saw Saturday night, that's not a defensive performance that's easily repeatable. And I don't think they will. And, they don't really need to. I mean, I think they can afford to give up more than four first downs to Northwestern and be okay. Um, so I, I, I caution that this will not be a shutout. I, Northwestern has shown the ability to have that explosive play. Uh, they had an 80 yard touchdown pass against uh, Minnesota last week. They had like a 40 some yard run. I mean, this team has some zip to it. They just usually don't put it all together. Um, to sustain and drive like Penn State has shown that they've been able to. So don't expect the same level of dominance performance, but uh, Penn State also doesn't have the level of personal vendetta against Northwestern that they had against against Iowa. And um, But it could go that way because Northwestern's coming off that really emotional win against Minnesota in overtime. So you never know, like, I don't think you'll get the Northwestern Northwestern's best effort after last week's emotional late Saturday night victory as well. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point. So we're going to end the first segment on that. We'll come back here, talk a little bit more about this game after this quick break on the Nintendo sports now network. second segment of the Lashing Out Podcast. He's Kevin. I'm Jared. Kevin, 
let's talk a little bit more about Northwestern in depth. Who is Penn State going to have to stop? So Ben Bryant is their quarterback, uh, transferred from Cincinnati to EMU, back to Cincinnati, and now at Northwestern. Uh, I think it's his sixth year of college eligibility. Uh, put up four, 396 yards passing against Minnesota. But I don't think that's a concern because in the three other games this year, he's averaged 137 yards passing per game. So Northwestern has shown the ability to to air it out, but that's not the norm. I, I think that was more indicative of Minnesota's past events than it was of Northwestern's uh, prolific air raid style offense. Yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the thing. It's a little bit different than what we what you've come to expect from Northwestern. Um just because it's a completely different situation now, but at the end of the day, they've got to come ready to play and they've got in Penn state. I think, you know, the domination that they saw that we saw against Iowa is an outlier. While it would be great to see that type of dominance yet again, I don't think that's possible. And that's not a knock on Penn state's defense. Penn state's defense is one of the best in the country. It's just very, very hard. Um, to, to repeat a performance like that, like that was, that was intense, but now it's going to be one of those situations where Penn state's just got to come out and and ball out. And if they're able to do that and, and get their guys into the game, and I think that's a great situation moving forward. And if, and if they're able to get Drew Aller to, to air it out a little bit, Keandre Lambert Smith get for me, if Trey Wallace is not hundred percent healthy, get him off the field. You're not going to need him. Get him rested up because after the bye week, the season starts again. And that's that's the biggest thing for me. Get these guys some reps. Get them get them going and keep, get them out of there healthy. Yeah, with with Trey Wallace, you said him this week. You give him the full bye week off. He has a full week of game prep for UMass to, say, to test the injury, make sure he's healthy. And then the bye week falls in a good place to get guys healthy before you need to make the run to Ohio State. Get everybody healthy. If they got any nicks and dinks, they don't need to play against Northwestern. They don't need to play the bye week, obviously. Then you get a tune-up game to test everything against UMass, and if they're not quite ready to go, you sit them there too. Or maybe you play them a quarter, a couple series. But, yeah, I think perfect. What who What is the number two wide receiver position going to look like on Saturday? Um, and then on the defensive side, of the, for, for defense, Johnny Dixon, Kalen King, Daquan Hardy, like they're going to be able to show show out, run around, and just see how effective they can be against Ben Bryant. Um, but then back, sorry, back to the offense. Um, they gave up uh, Darius Taylor, Minnesota's freshman running back. We're we're familiar with young running backs. Went for thirty one carries and one hundred ninety eight yards against Northwestern's defense. So Penn State should be able to get some explosive plays from the running backs, from Nick Singleton, from Katron Allen, maybe not, maybe a big run from Trey Potts as well. So I think offensively, the number two wide receiver is probably not that important this week because Penn State's going to be able to do what they want on the ground. Yeah, and I think that's, that's the important thing. Establish the run game, get Aller into a rhythm, and then get up get up big. I think this is going to be a, a high-scoring game. Once again, I think Penn State eclipses that 30-point plateau and we'll talk about that a little bit later but at the same time man you just gotta go out and and, and this these are the games where you want to take care of business you have to go out there ready to go and and take care of your shit 
And if you don't, you're going to get beat. I don't think that Northwestern is capable of beating Penn State, but I do think that Penn State is capable of beating themselves. On a, in another year, maybe last year or the year before, I think Penn State would be more prone to hurting themselves. But I don't think this team is one of those teams. I think they are a lot better than people give them credit for. They're the number six team in the country, uh, according to the AP poll. But again, that poll also has people voting for Florida State uh, at number one, and that is blasphemous. But again, it, it is controlling the controllables. And, and yeah, it sounds very cliche. But that's literally as simple as it is against Northwestern for them. Yeah, it show up, take care of business, score your 30 points and get out of there with a win. Want to know, get into the bye week with the win and be healthy. That's that's the only thing we can ask for this week from from Penn State. Right. And that's, you know, if they're able to do that, I think it's going to be a really good situation. Um Get these guys some reps. Get the young guys some reps again. Now, this is the fifth game, so any freshman that plays burns their red shirt. I think that that is something to kind of take uh, a look at. Now, that's not going to impact guys like Tony Rojas, who's going to play no matter what. But, you know, it's it's funny preparing for a game at 11 a.m. their time now, um, just like it was against Illinois. It's not an easy thing to do. You know, you get, you get in on Friday – uh, and then you're at the hotel and you're up early and that's not usual because every other game that they've had has been late afternoon or at night. And so you get out of that rhythm, but James Franklin is a guy that, you know, talks detail and the, the devil is the details for him. So he had, he mentioned Wednesday after practice about not playing any music at the end of the, at, at, at the end of practice, like typically they get for in-game situations. And he said, why would, why would I do that when there's not going to be very many people there? They're averaging about 17,000 fans um, at, at Kyle field. And, you know, that's one of those situations where they will prepare for everything. And, you know, are, is this team going to be internally motivated or externally motivated, right? Is is this team going to be motivated from within and ready to go with no matter who they play? Or is it the external factors? Is it wanting to get to Ohio State undefeated? Is it what the media is saying? Is it what fans are saying? Is it what those other people are saying that motivates the team? Yeah, uh, stadium will be dead quiet. It was They had a 7.30 game for Minnesota, divisional conference game, and the stadium was still half empty, so... Not not a highly motivated crowd there. You will hear the uh the lion roar uh when the Wildcats score, they do play the same sound that Penn State plays uh in Beer Stadium. So a little bit of a familiar sound at least for the crowd noise. Um and then yeah, just does this team have what it takes to be undefeated by the time they get to Ohio State? And then the next question is is do they win against Ohio State? So they got two games to stand in between them and we'll see what comes of it. Yeah, and I think I think that's a really good that's a good point. It, but you can't think of Ohio State now is, no. and this is where James Franklin's want to know mentality helps, right? It's it's one game at a time, and yes, you can start seeing things for Ohio State because again, outside of Notre Dame, the Buckeyes haven't been tested either, and I think that's important to note. You know, you look at the kind of the the hierarchy of the Big Ten, and it's Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan. Well. Three of the two of those other teams haven't really been tested. You know, Michigan hasn't. They, I mean, they've you would find a stronger schedule playing a high school team. And 
you know, Ohio State had Western Kentucky and Youngstown State and Indiana they started with and um, and then Notre Dame. And I think that's one of those situations where now they're going to get tested against Maryland. I think that game next week is going to be a a huge game for this comp for the Big Ten Conference. But for Ohio State and seeing how they can respond against Notre Dame, who they beat essentially when they had 10 men on the field. But that's the thing. So now, and that, that's not something Penn State can control, but all they can control is, is how they handle Northwestern and getting there and taking care of business. But we're going to take care of some more business after this break on the Lashing Out Podcast on the Nintendo Sports Now Network. Welcome back to the third and final segment of the Lashing Out Podcast and the Sports Now Network. I'm Jared. He's Kevin. Kevin, I won again last week in our bet. I am now three and one. I'm going to argue. So I went. We went aggressive. You K- went aggressive. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I've been making this too easy for you. But I said Cade McNamara over 16 incompletions. I'm going to argue that Penn State's defense because I. What we were going for in that bet is defensive domination. Uh, Penn State's defense was way more dominant than 16 incompletions. That's why I'm arguing. I'm going to argue that I won the bet, not on the books, but in the theory of the bet was defensive domination. And uh, I think it's safe to say that uh, Penn State put in the most dominant defensive performance. Yeah. I mean, that's a win for me either way. So I really don't care. Um, mainly because they only attempted to pass 16 times. So it's not like they could have 16 incompletions there. So I will, you know, I will allow you to give up that fight, but just know that I, in all actuality, I'm three and one. So it's two and two, and we're going to go to the bet this year, bet this week to go to clarify, clear the air. Defensive domination. Northwestern's averaging 337 yards per game. And state defense is allowing 219. Set an over under. I want the under. We'll let you, I'll let you negotiate where we set it. I would like to take the under at 240. 250. No, you have Northwestern total offense. Yeah, I know, but I want it to be 250. Over so you, under 250. So you I would want have to take, the over 250. You want over 250. Yes. So you made it. Even I don't. I don't want it. Fit. But that's what you're gonna. You have already taken the under. Yeah. So I was giving you two forty, give you that extra ten yards. No, I we'll make it. You just made it easier for you to lose. Until they get two hundred fifty-one yards. All right, two fifty. Two hundred fifty offensive yards for Northwestern, and Kevin is on the under. Typing it down in my handy dandy Excel sheet. Uh score from last week. Uh, was 31 to nothing. Hell yeah. I again hit the, or I guess I, for the first time, really hit Penn State's offensive number. I had 31 to 10 Penn State over Iowa. Uh, you had 38 to 13. So, uh, and I believe I did take, let's see, the over was 40 and a half. So we did both take the over and obviously to hit the under. So we, we both went split on what would have been the gambling for, Iowa uh, gambling for Penn State Northwestern to give you a weather update just to make your informed bets. Brandon, we do record Wednesday nights. 
for Thursday morning releases as you're listening to this. So weather could obviously change over three days. But as it stands right now, high and low of 75 and 62, sunny 8-mile-an-hour winds and a 7% chance of rain. Penn State is a 27.5-point favorite with an over-under of 46.5. Mr. Brugar, your final score prediction. I want to say 42-10. Man, we're close again. I said 45-10. I got 42-10. I think Penn State handles handles business pretty easily. Um, and then gets gets into the bye week and 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 enjoys it. Sorry, I wrote down 45-7 earlier. So that's gonna be the official. 45-7. You're all over the place, Kevin. I need you to be a little bit more decisive. 45-7. That's the number. It's that's what's in the Excel sheet already. I just Read, all I right, mis- I misread it. So, reading's hard, man. I'm an engineer. I can't read, even yeah, though well. it's a, even though it was a number. We won't talk about that. Uh, what else we got going on in college football this weekend, Mister Prugar? We have got quite a few games that are, are big time. I think the game of the weekend is the one that kicks it off. Um, it's Utah and Oregon State. Utah is the number ten ranked team in the state, and they don't even have their starting quarterback there yet. Cam Rising is still out. He is scheduled to come back at some point soon, but they are winning football games without him. And I think they're doing a great job. I mean, that's a really good football program. Uh, We saw that against Penn state in the Rose bowl. Um, But then you've got the 9 a.m. kickoff in LA. Um, It's at Colorado. It's USC, Colorado. Um, I'm expecting USC to manhandle the the Buffaloes. Um, But you know, we, we mentioned Deion Sanders every week now because that's kind of the cool thing to do, right? That's what all the cool kids are doing. We have to. It's college football. Yeah. We have to. Yeah. And I think they're going to respond. So, like, if if Colorado's offense shows up ready to go, this could be a game for USC because I think USC's defense is terrible. It is a basic pack. It's a Big 12 defense, right? It's exactly what, you know, Lincoln Riley had at Oklahoma. And that Big 12 defenses aren't that great. Um then you got Florida, Kentucky. I think Kentucky could walk away with that one. Uh, Florida's three and one, but Kentucky's four and zero. That's a noon kick in Lexington on the mothership. Uh, that's right on the ES- on the on the ESPN. You got Georgia, Auburn, which is I think going to be the it's that that's a three thirty game on CBS. That should be a good one. Um, Michigan, Nebraska on Fox at three thirty, pend- pending. Uh, the USC Colorado game being over before 6 p.m. It's which is the big noon game, so that game's going to take forever. Brace yourselves, fans. There will be Penn State kickoff times from LA that are at 9 a.m. or from the West Coast that are 9 a.m. Like that is going to happen, and that's going to suck. But such is life. Now, I will say that if you're oh, if you're on that side of the country, that is great because you get all kinds of college football. Plus Pac-10 after dark, or I guess that won't exist at that point. But you get the late game, and you still have your night to yourself, which is awesome. Um, Kansas, Texas, um, is I think going to be a good one. That's a battle of big of uh, two teams that are undefeated: um, Missouri, Vanderbilt, LSU, Ole Miss. The uh, 2003 Ole Miss team uh, that featured Eli Manning is going to be honored at that game. Um, and and there's not a coach that's easier to to root against than um oh man Giffen. no Ch- I, I I mean um, that's two coaches you can't root for well Brian I love Kelly, I, so I was I was the nation I, roots against Lane Kiffin you and I, I both had, 
you and I both have a soft spot for Lane Kiffin. Oh, dude, he's he, so great on Twitter. Like it is, it is awesome. He was tweeting at Travis Hunter today this week. It was great. He's um, also a good meme. Lane Kiffin's a good meme. So. Yeah, that's a good it's redemption bad- story. But everybody loves to root against Brian Kelly, which is great. Um, so go Ole Miss. Um, Oregon at Stanford. That's not going to be great. Oklahoma at Iowa State. Notre Dame. Um, bounces back and they play it doesn't get any easier they play duke at duke um south carolina tennessee alabama mississippi state washington arizona and nevada fresno state yeah uh just to circle back i think utah oregon state's gonna be a good good game oregon state is a three-point home favorite in that one so dj ui ungalele butchered that i tried my best dj remember folks reading is not his strong suit i'm also not very fluent in hawaiian so we're, we're gonna put that one out there uh that's a my bad dj if you're listening to this but i doubt it uh yeah usc colorado the point you made stands is usc's defense is considerably weaker than oregon's um i think colorado will be able to score points that aren't in mop up time uh, maybe they can put up 14, 17, maybe 21 points against USC's defense, but USC's offense is is just overwhelmingly good. Uh, Pac-12 matchup that you mentioned, or excuse me, Big 12 matchup that you mentioned, soon not to be a conference matchup, Kansas-Texas. Texas is a 16.5-point home favorite against ranked Kansas. We don't get to say that often. Um, I, th- I do think Kansas has a chance to – you know, maybe make a splash in that game. I, I do like Jalen Daniels, the Kansas quarterback. If if you're not familiar with him, he's a senior. Just just a stud football player. I don't know if he's going to do well in, in the NFL, but his his eligibility, I believe, is up this year. So he could be in the draft. So that's a name to listen for. LSU Ole Miss is a two and a half point. LSU is a road favorite, uh, even though they're ranked higher. So LSU Ole Miss could make it make a splash, and Ole Miss could really play spoiler of LSU season. If LSU gets a second loss this early in the season, um, I don't know if they recover from that. And then, yeah, Duke Notre Dame, man, you got to go. You have that heartbreaking home loss last second, and ends up taking twelve minutes to review the damn thing, <laughs> um, and then you got to immediately turn around, fly to Durham, North Carolina, for a seven thirty p.m. East. Eastern uh, ABC special. So Herbie will be in the house for that one. You know, it's, it's funny, Kevin, um, as most people should know by now watching, like if you're listening to this podcast, I don't like Duke at all. It's a Carolina fan uh, for basketball, especially. Um, And I've never wanted them to win more. You know, and, and I think that's fascinating, right? Sports are weird. In that game last week, Penn State fans, like on the on the outside, yeah, root against Ohio State, but on the inside, no, that that win helps everybody in the Big Ten. Um, but yeah, I you know, I, it would be that would throttle Notre Dame's chances if they lost two weeks in a row. Um, and don't get me wrong, I like Marcus Freeman. I think he's a good coach. Um, I'm not quite sure, you know how that's going to go for them at Duke. But this is, that's, that's a nice little, Hey, you got to get right. And yeah. if We're they talk- don't- we talk about meme teams or meme coaches earlier. I think Notre Dame, I'd like the story of Notre Dame when Notre Dame's good. It's, it's good for college football. They're in the limelight. It's just every time that they've been quote unquote good per the media, 
Uh, they've been criminally overrated. So I kind of just want to see them just like plummet like a rock. Uh, the problem is, is no matter what happens season to season, they always just get criminally overrated the next year. So I hate, hate that. Uh, but if they lose again, I, I, I won't be sad. I can tell you that. Um, and I'd be happy for Duke. I, th- I think Duke's a good team and they have a chance to threaten Florida state for the ACC this year. Um, the one that get, the one matchup that you mentioned that I'm surprised by Kentucky is a one point home favorite against ranked Florida. Yeah, Florida's ranking is intriguing, just because I don't I don't know that I trust it. Right, I just don't. I, I... good win against Tennessee, who's ranked was... higher than them them somehow. I don't know. Yeah, and I just don't I don't know what's going to happen, and that's I think I think that's the beauty of it too, right? So it'll be interesting to see you know, what's next. Um, but again, we talk about um, making things personal. Well, Colorado, I think is going to take, they take everything personal, but getting throttled the way that they did against, against Oregon, that is personal. That is the definition of taking it personal. And USC is, is in their way um, or USC is in the way of Colorado or whoever that's going to be the game to watch. I think the best game overall is going to end up being that Oregon State Utah game, um, as far as gameplay goes. But man, I all the eyes are going to be on that Colorado USC game early, just to see how Primetime's team responds. Yeah, and just to reiterate, Utah Oregon State is nine p.m. on Friday. Yes, I love so, it. So don't don't go looking for it on Saturday because you will have already missed it. Um, but yeah, Colorado USC could be could be interesting. Colorado's going to try to come, or Colorado's going to try to come out with some swagger. Luckily, they're at home, so they can't go stomping on the other team's logo. Because um, you know, destroying a logo on turf does does things. Um, but hey, man, superstitions. Hey, man, got to respect the game. I I guess, but uh, yeah, you don't have to worry about pissing USC off because you can't go step on the uh, big old midfield SC. Um, you'd just be stepping on your Buffalo. Hey, such is life, but that's why they play the game. I will not be in Northwestern. Our, we are sending Joe Smeltzer out um, on that trip. I will be in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, the home of Micah Parsons doing some high school radio color commentary and then going to Hershey park. So I won't be experiencing a lot of college football on Saturday, but just enough to make sure that my three and out comes out and that I can provide added input to this wonderful podcast that will come out next Monday after the game. Yep. And hopefully uh, we get to record a victory edition on Sunday. We shall see. But until then for Kevin quickly, this has been Jared Prugar on the lashing out podcast and the new sports now network. We'll talk to you again on Monday.